Mark 14, verse 66 to 72. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly, you are one of them. You are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. John 20, verse 24 to 25. Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. The word of the Lord. And praise be to God. Okay. All right, I can do this. I can do. <laughs> um, good morning, church family. Um, for the very last time, um, I'm trying to imagine all your faces. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I married the best. Uh, honestly, Raina has been crying all month because she just, she loves, she loves she loves you guys. And um, uh, this past season has been very meaningful for me. I'm going to try to get through this message honestly without crying. So that let me see what I can do. But um, okay, so Raina and I have been leaning into the opportunity um, of this moment. And the, the opportunity is that, um, well, it, normally people get to tell their, their friends uh, how much they love them and how much they mean to them at the very end of life. But we get to say it um, right here in the middle. Because, you know, if you tell it at the very end, maybe it's like it's too late. Maybe it's like, I wish you had told us this sooner. But we get to say it like right now in the middle of life. And so we're like leaning into this opportunity just to encourage people. Now, we've been saying our goodbyes. And, um, and my, I find myself saying this to a lot of people. I find myself uh, at the end of the conversation looking at them through their virtual eyes and saying, you are running a good race. Keep on going, you know, finish, finish well, you know, 
Um, and and if I don't get the chance to see you, um, if I don't get the chance to see you, I'll see you at the finish line. And I, I just mean that with all my heart. But I got to tell you, as I thought about this message more and more, and I'm imagining the different faces at church, I start to see faces and I realize that people are having a hard time. Um, you're trying to run your race for the glory of God, but some of you are tired. Some of you are discouraged. Some of you are having doubts. Some of you are losing hope. Some of you, you feel like spiritual failures. And so I started to think that maybe going around, you know, encouraging people that, you know, keep on going. Maybe that's not entirely helpful. So what I like to do is just come alongside you one last time. And I'd like to share with you one thing that I feel like you will desperately need to finish your race well. And I'm going to tell you, okay, honestly, what I'm about to say to you is what I say to myself when I'm preaching to myself about moving to Taiwan. Now, believe it or not, I am excited that I am scared. I have only lived in one place, which is, you know, the, the States and, um, almost entirely in the promised land that is the Bay Area, you know? So moving to a foreign country, it scares me. Um, it's the great unknown. Now, whenever I'm getting scared, this is what I say to myself, which is what I want to say to all of you. And that's this. The Lord Jesus will go with you. And honestly, that's the only thing that gives me comfort. And I just want you to know the Lord Jesus will go with you too. Now, I think this is one of the most beautiful things about God. You see, not only does he call us to run our race, and not only will he meet us at the finish line, but he goes with us every step of the way so it's like he calls us and he'll meet us there but then he comes alongside us as a best friend and goes with us every step of the way on the journey i think that's probably what i love the most about jesus i think it's what made him inside him step down from heaven to be with us and then to die on the cross to meet us at our greatest point of need to be forgiven of our sins. Today, I wanted to say to all of you, you, you can do this. You got this. You can, you, can, you can finish strong because you have a faithful friend in Jesus. Now, a good friend is there for you in your time of need. A good friend never gives up on you. A good friend encourages you to keep on going. 
Proverbs says that a friend, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. My only point this morning is to say to each one of you, you have that friend in Jesus. So today, if you are tired or discouraged or you feel like a spiritual failure, I want you to know you have a faithful friend in Jesus and he will not give up on you. Now, I didn't want to just say this to you. I wanted to show you through the scriptures how this is true, how all you need to run your race is the faithful friendship of Jesus. So you ready? Here goes. Let's go um, and talk about Thomas and let's talk about Peter. Okay, let's go to the, the word. Now, in this scripture that Raina just read, here is Thomas. He's a close friend of Jesus. He's a loyal disciple. He's a future leader of the church, but he's not modeling what he should as a man of faith. He gives this, you know, challenge, which is totally unnecessary. And honestly, it's setting a bad example for future disciples. What do I mean? Like, can you imagine sharing with someone about Jesus and they respond, well, or, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to believe unless Jesus visits me and I put my finger on his nail scars and I put my finger on his side where the spear pierced him. Like, and you're thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Thomas, you are a man of faith. Your closest friend said they saw the risen savior. That should be enough. But Thomas puts out this unnecessary challenge. There it is. Okay, Thomas. Now, let's talk about Peter. Peter, let's talk about Peter. In every list of the 12 disciples, Peter is always listed first. Much was expected of Peter. One time, Jesus asked the disciples about his own true identity, and Peter was the one who saw it first, and he said, he just called it out. He was like, you are the son of God. And Jesus basically said, and I'm paraphrasing Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, but not based on how great Peter was, but based on his spiritual ability to see Jesus and proclaim. You got that? Very important. See Jesus and proclaim. And now look at what happened. Peter denies knowing Jesus three times. Denies. With his own lips, those same lips. Now, the third time, get this, the text says he invoked a curse upon himself. Now, what is that? What, what is invoking a curse and, and swearing? It sounds something like, I'll be damned if I'm lying. Peter, Peter said that. I'll be damned if I'm lying. I swear to you, I don't know that man. Okay, now Peter at his defining moment, when it really counted, revealed himself to be a liar and a coward. Someone clearly unfit to lead the church. The scripture says that when Peter denied knowing Jesus the third time, Jesus from a distance looked at Peter, their eyes met, and Peter realized what he did. And he broke down and wept. So right about now, the future leaders of the church are just not doing very well. Thomas has issued a challenge that is unbecoming. Peter has proven himself to be a spineless coward. 
Yeah, things aren't going very well for the disciples. The Savior has risen in triumph, but his disciples have descended as disappointments. So let's read about what happened with Thomas. Let's try to finish this story here. Verse 26, John 20. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me, Thomas? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Thomas gave an inappropriate challenge and we see Jesus. And this is what often just melts me about Jesus. We see Jesus stooping down to meet Thomas at his place of need. Even though his request was unbecoming for an apostle, it was like Jesus was saying, I heard your request, Thomas, and I'm here to give you exactly what you asked for. Here's my hand. Reach out your finger. Put it on. Here's my side. Put your finger there. Let's go. Jesus was a faithful friend who met Thomas at his point of need. And you see, Thomas would go on to finish well. He became a leader in the church. He would take the gospel to India. He finished well because he had a faithful friend who met him where he was at, who met him at his ridiculous request, who met him at his point of need. That's Jesus. Now, let's talk about what happened to Peter. All right. Let's talk about what happened to Peter. I want you to imagine how Peter must have felt after he betrayed Jesus, okay? Scripture said that he broke down and he wept. Now, I think Peter at this moment was saying something. It's what I would say if I were Peter. I think Peter was saying something to the effect of, I am a complete and utter failure. You know, Peter's original name was Simon, but Jesus gave him the nickname Peter, which means the rock, okay? Now, I imagine Peter at this moment was thinking, okay, Jesus got everything right except me and my name. I am not the rock. He chose the wrong man. I, I'm more like the feather, you know? I mean, imagine Peter going at the moment, of testing, I showed what's really inside me. I showed everyone my true color. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. That's who I am. Now, let me read to you what happened to Peter. This is John 21, 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. 
He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So Jesus comes to Peter and he says, Simon, son of John. Now, why is he calling Peter by his original name? Maybe right now the name Peter brings too much shame to Peter. So maybe Jesus calls him Simon as if to say, I didn't make a mistake. I don't make mistakes. I see you. I know who you are. (laughs) And I know who you'll be. And I have one question for you. Do you love me? (laughs) And Jesus asked him this three times, three times. He was going back to the wound. He goes back to the three times that Peter denied him. And for each of these times, Jesus gives Peter an opportunity to get it right. For each time he said, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. He now gets to say, I love you. I love you. Really to the only person who matters. And after each opportunity, Jesus says, feed my lambs, which means I've still chosen you to be my shepherd. And you see, Peter became the rock. I mean, he would go on to be the leader of the early church. He was faithful to the very end of his race because he had a friend who would not give up on him. Church family, this is what I'm trying to say to you. You have a friend who will not give up on you. He met Thomas in his need. He met Peter in his need. And he will meet you in yours. Peter and John, Peter and Thomas were able to finish strong because they had a faithful friend in Jesus. And you have that too. You have a faithful friend in Jesus. Church family, when I, uh, I woke up this morning, I woke up in tears. And uh, it's because I know that for the past 18 years in ministry, there was a lot of joy, but uh, there was also a lot of pain too. And I know in my deepest heart that the Lord Jesus carried me through. And I just want to give you an example of this. Um, You all know for the past 20 years, I've suffered from a vocal disability. And it's been really, really scary, like, to be a pastor with a vocal disability. So uh, being a pastor with a vocal disability is, this is like an SAT exercise, okay? It's like being a pitcher with a blank, with a bum arm. It's like being a dentist, a surgeon with like shaky hands, all right? There were so many times when I felt like I can't do this. There's no way I can keep on doing this. And every time the Lord Jesus stood by my side and gave me what I needed. 
I'll give you an example of this. Okay. Um, there was, there's one time when it was a good season of health, I was asked by my sister-in-law's church to come and speak for them for a three-day conference. Now, during that time, my voice was relatively healthy. So I said, yes. Then I found out later that I would be required to speak in three days, five times. Okay. And um, I'm like, uh, okay, all right. Uh, I, I do my best, right? Now, now, check this out. One month before I was to fly over to Connecticut and speak at this conference, my voice started having major problems. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This cannot be happening like right now. Please do not tell me this is happening right now. So I started to panic. Like I had a really hard time sleeping for an entire month. It got so bad. I was like being crushed by anxiety. And so I realized, you know something? I always have the freedom to cancel. I can always cancel. And so on the day that I was going to cancel, I'm not kidding you. I get this text from my sister-in-law and, and I'm going to channel her. She was like, I'm so excited you're coming, you know? And <laughs> I wrote back, you know, in text, I was like, yay, you know, <laughs> yay, you know? And so I, I kept my commitment to go. So I flew over to Connecticut and I was going to speak in the morning. And so that night I took it easy and I just had like a couple of low key conversations with people, but afterwards my voice felt very weak. And so I started to panic again. Now, this is what happened during the morning worship session, right before I got up to speak, I had a vision of Jesus standing next to me with his hands <laughs> holding up my facial muscles <laughs> just like that jesus next to me like i got your back holding up my facial muscles and so i got up to speak and i was fine i was fine and well you know i've gone up to speak before at church and the next day, I'm really sore, okay? So I spoke twice that day, went to bed, got up again. And I had the same vision of Jesus next to me, holding up my facial muscles. Like, I got your back. I'm here for you. And that day, I spoke again twice. I was fine. I spoke five times in three days. The last time, I was the most free. I cannot explain what happened. No, actually, I can. Jesus was there for me, just like he'll be for you. Now, that is really what the past 18 years have been. Me making mistake after mistake, shrouded in weakness, and Jesus being like, I'm here for you. I got your back. I'm going to hold you up. Jesus will be there for you. Like he there was there for Peter, like he was there for Thomas, like he will like descend and meet you at your point of need. Even when you feel like I can't do it, I can't do it. Jesus will be there for you. Just like he was for me. Church family, all I'm saying is that you have a faithful friend in Jesus. You, you can run this race. You can do it. You can finish strong. You know why? 
you got a faithful friend in Jesus and he won't let you down. He has your back. He will lift you up when you cannot stand. And when all other friends fail you, you got a friend who never will. He'll be with you. And he is faithful. Now, he is with me. He's been with me. He will be with you. And you know what? He's been with us. We, we have a faithful friend in Jesus. And let me just share a few memories of this with you, okay? Um, At every season of need, the Lord Jesus has been there for us, okay? I'm going to share a few stories of this. It's not comprehensive. It's just ones that I'll always remember of Jesus coming through for our church family, okay? I remember a time when our staff team was feeling utterly demoralized. Bad things were happening at church, and we would speak to each other in the language of discouragement. I felt like it couldn't be any worse. We wanted to give up. But we had a faithful friend in Jesus who would not give up on us. And through the years, our staff team began to heal and we felt encouraged. And today, I've never seen our staff team as healthy as it is today because we had a friend who stood by us and would not give up on us. 11 years ago, we looked at our church and we're like, where are all the young people? I mean, if we don't have young people in our church, then our, our, our church is just going to get older and eventually, you know, right? So, and so we said, Lord, Lord, please send young people to our church. And then it, it just so happened that a group of young people were at another church and they felt unwelcome. And so Calvin's son was like, hey, why don't you try coming to my home church, CLC? And that was the first group of young people that God brought to our church in a long time. And then he brought on to take that ministry to the next level. And then he brought Jared and Quest and their home groups multiplied. And then when J.D. stepped down, the Lord brought Caitlin. And then when On stepped down, he brought Scott. And then when the pandemic hit, he brought Frank, you know. There has been someone who has provided for us at every need for like almost 100 years. Our church has a very faithful friend in Jesus. About 10 years ago, Gilbert Matsuoka wanted to start an eye screening. I didn't say ice cream. I said eye screening to help people who don't have access to eye care. So he calls around looking for vendors who will donate. Nothing. Vendors are like, who are you? You know? Um, And so Gilbert realizes he's doing this all on his own strength. He metaphorically gets on his knees and says, oh, Jesus, help me. Help me. The next day, he calls the dean at the Berkeley of the School of Optometry. The dean on the other line goes, 
Gilbert Matsuoka? It's his buddy from school. So he's like, I know you, let's go, right? And so then the school suggests all the vendors are now willing to come. We had our first eye screening. But my point is this, the Lord Jesus provided again when we needed him to provide the most. We have a faithful friend in Jesus, Jesus. Two years ago, we announced to the church that our family was stepping down. And I remember a young adult raised their hand and said, you know, good question, which is why are you telling us this now? And we basically said, well, because good pastors are hard to find. And it's true. Good pastors are really hard to find. I remember talking to Pam and about this. And Pam was like, you know, I'm going to channel Pam like, Pastor Andrew, we've been praying about this. And I know God will provide, you know. And so for two years, our search committee and our board looked and looked. One of those years was a pandemic. And look at what God did. We found two amazing pastors to join our already amazing team. The Lord Jesus has provided for our church again because he is a faithful friend. Church family, keep on running your race. Keep on going. Keep on going. Strong to the end. Finish well. And you know, you know why you can because you got a faithful friend in Jesus and he will go every step of the way with you. Now, to our staff team and board, it's been such an incredible privilege and joy to serve you. We uh, serve with you. <laughs> For the past year, I've been letting go more and more of my responsibilities, but today I release all of my leadership of the church to you with confidence that the Lord Jesus will be with you. Wayne, a former pastor at CLC, once said 11 years ago, he said, and I think a lot of you remember him saying this, he said, the best for CLC is yet to come. Now, some people might define best in comparison to the past. I don't know if that's entirely helpful. I think best is defined by the new thing that God wants to do. Now, I'm looking at our staff team and our board, and I see so much humility, giftedness, passion, teamwork. I can say with confidence, church family, the best is yet to come. Church family, thank you for being so loving and so supportive to me and my family for the past 20 years. CLC has been a special, special church, and we will always have a special place in our hearts for you. You took a big chance with me. You put up with all my failures. You were a faithful and loving church. I love you all, and I'll miss you all. You're running a great race. Keep on going. And the one who called you will also be the one who goes with you. Okay, hold on, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. One last thing, okay. Now, Ephesians 5.19 says this. Address one another in psalms, 
and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So the scripture says that our words to each other should be a song, right? So I think maybe we should take that literally, at least for uh, a goodbye. And so um, here, here we go. <clears throat> Every time we try to make it on our own Every time we try to stand and start to fall All those lonely roads that we have traveled on There was Jesus When the life we built came crashing to the ground When the friends we had were nowhere to be found We couldn't see it then, but we will see it now There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching in the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment Where we've been and where we're going Even when we didn't know it Or couldn't see it There was Jesus So dear church family Please know this, you have a faithful friend in Jesus. Now God bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, give you peace, give Love you all.